day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the unshakable rock of Holy Scripture? Welcome to the podcast. So glad that you're able to be here and tune in. I know some people binge listen to these things and some people are regulars where they're listening listening every day. And uh, some be- I just met some people in another state recently that told me they were listening to it and uh, that it was a blessing to them. So I hope it is to you. Uh, I send these out as kind of the little uh, little blessings that I can sprinkle into people's lives and hopefully give them some uh, pause for thought on the Word of God just to uh, give nutrition to their spiritual well-being. Uh, and so that's what I'm doing for you today. And I encourage you every now and then I do this, but if you have a question or a topic that you would like to hear uh, me answer, then please don't hesitate to drop me an email at pastornason at gmail.com. And I will do my best to make sure that that's part of the uh, podcast so that it can be a blessing to you. So don't hesitate to reach out and let me know about something of curiosity to you, either a Bible question or a uh, a life experience question from a biblical viewpoint, uh, worldview, and that would be great. Our verse uh, passage today comes from uh, a conversation that I had with somebody recently about the book of Job. It was a real eye-opener to them. Uh, In fairness, this is a person who is a fairly new believer, but uh, has not ever, had not ever read the book of Job. Uh, And it was, at first, it becomes a little bit discouraging to see what happens to Job and the struggles that he went through, the absolute losses in his life, his family, his material possessions, uh, all his safety, his security, all of those things that uh, really go into making up what we would deem to be uh, a fulfilling, happy life. And Job experienced the loss of all of that. So for those of you that are familiar with that story, I don't want to uh, be redundant or bore you, but uh, nonetheless, I wanted to remind you of the circumstances. And recently I was even reading from one of my heroes, Dr. Ed Nelson, who had some great thoughts on this that I wanted to also draw from to help us understand better the text for today. And in a passage in Job chapter 5 is what I'm going to draw our attention to in the short time that we have together today. You'll remember Job lost everything. His children uh, died. His his uh, material possessions were either stolen or killed. He was robbed. His health had deteriorated uh, to the point where he was just sitting in an ash heap using broken pieces of pottery to scrape his oozing sores. And he was just, his, his physical health was devastated. And so he sat there and not very long after that, three of his friends, so-called friends, show up. And for a solid week, they sit around the fire with him, and they don't say a word. Uh, They sense, obviously, the very deep pain that Job is going through because of his losses in life. Uh, And when his friends came, they were when they finally uh, spoke up, they were uh, probably making an admiral attempt to try to comfort him. But they were sorry; Uh, they were doing a sorry job of it. Uh, There are times when there were glimmers of truth in helping Job to figure out why these things had unfolded in his life. Remember, Job was not told uh, why this was all happening to him, and his friends were equally in the dark. In fact, they had been listening to some dubious sources, and that's in chapter 4. 
uh, where basically I, uh, uh, one of the uh, speakers says, I, I heard a voice in the night. And this is what the voice told me. Be careful about hearing voices in the night. Unless it's the voice of God coming from the Bible, it's a very suspect source. But Eliphaz is one of those men uh, who was trying to figure out and trying to give Job the, the wisdom that he needed. And he was actually the first one of Job's friends to speak up. And a lot of what he said, some of it was very true. The problem was that in his premise, uh, he really uh, missed, missed, the, uh, missed the point about everything. As a matter of fact, in verse 6, Although affliction cometh not forth of the dust, neither doth trouble spring out of the ground. Uh, Eliphaz was saying by that, listen, they just don't appear. Uh, they just don't occur. Testings and trials in life aren't going to happen just by accident. Uh, they don't just happen, they're expected. And he goes on in verse 7 to say, Yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. <coughs> trouble came into the world, of course, as a result of Adam and, Adam and Eve's sin. But these sparks fly upward from a flame and by the very laws of nature, uh, you can be certain of trouble. That's the nature of what happens in a sin-cursed and fallen world. But Eliphaz, the problem is, didn't stop at that. He was right in that uh, living as a uh, a sinful individual breeds its own version of struggle and troubles. But Eliphaz didn't stop there. He told Job what to do with his troubles. And he is very good to hear. <clears throat> In verse 8 of chapter 5, he said, I would seek unto God, and unto God would I commit my cause. Well, of course, we all know that that's real easy to say. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, having been in circumstances before, I wonder sometimes if Eliphaz is really right there. I think we should follow Lamentations 3, verse 32. But though he cause grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. And of course, I don't have time in the podcast today, but uh, Eliphaz went on to then make accusations about Job that he was living this grossly immoral and sinful life. And that's the only reason why these things would be happening to Job. And of course, Job is going to argue with him and say, no, I've tried to live blamelessly and upright before the living God. Uh, if, if the Lord will just come and tell me what I need to correct, then I'd be willing to do so. And this starts the ball rolling of uh, Job defending himself and it all being about Job and about Job being the one that is suffering and, and going through all of these troubles. And he is over. And what happens is that kind of mentality overshadows the need to trust in the Lord because we always want to defend ourselves. We always want to justify ourselves. And sometimes, you know, that's worthy to do. But the fact of the matter is that we ought to bring our griefs to the Lord and compassion. And in compassion, he can extend his mercy in that means. Now, I don't know how long Job went through all of these discussions with his with his uh, friends. I know how long it takes to read Job 1 through 37, and it takes a little while to do. 
So there must have been extended periods of time where these arguments and dialogue were taking place until Job in chapter 38 begins to turn his attention towards God and God responds to him and begins a, a series of questions, some 60-some questions, to help Job to see outside himself and see the living God. Uh, that's important. Now, I want to come back to what Eliphaz had to say. Following Lamentations chapter 3, But though he cause grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. If you're a child of God, my friends listening today, I want to remind you uh, that God is a God of mercy. He's a God of compassion, and he will not give you anything that he can't handle. And I want to encourage you in that. I don't know what your struggle is today, but he is the rock of ages. When you are rocked with trouble, you can come and find in him a merciful God. This is not a hymn history podcast, but I am reminded of a story where a young preacher uh, took a walk one afternoon, and he came to this gorge made out of the limestone, which was two and a half miles long. And as he was walking through that gorge, he was really admiring all of the scenery and the beauty there. He wasn't really paying attention to all the storm clouds that were gathering. And finally, he looked up and he saw the the dark clouds in the sky, and he tried to get home as fast as he could, but the storm overtook him. The rain started to come down in heavy, heavy sheets, and the young minister found shelter in the cleft of a great limestone um, uh, niche and watched the rain pour down. He was, he was deeply moved about the protection that he found in that rock. And so when he got back, he took a pencil and paper from his pocket. And he penned these words, Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Well, that storm was in 1776, and that was the inspiration that caused a man named Augustus Toplady to write that great hymn of hope, faith, and love. I wonder today, uh, what storms are you weathering? Let me encourage you to run to the rock that is higher than yourself. Find in him. God of mercy, a God of compassion. God bless you. Walk with him today.